Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth. I'm an intimacy coach and psychologist. I created this show to explore the erotic alphabet, to help you learn more about desire and expressing your desires, discover ways to spice up your relationship and create that sizzling relationship you've always wanted. I do this through solid science, real life stories and interviews with an exciting variety of sex experts. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create your ideal sexual life. Make sure you join us to access even more sexual strategies on my blog, A to Z of Sex. Access our monthly newsletter with subscriber-only offers at www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. Welcome to the A to Z of Sex. I am Dr. Lori Beth, and I am your host. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Just a reminder, this podcast deals with adult content, so if you don't have total privacy, you might want to put on some headphones. Today, the letter is R, and R is for Relationship Reboot. Dr. Janet Hall is a sex therapist and clinical psychologist from Melbourne, Australia. She's here to talk with me about what to do when your man has lost his drive or when your woman has lost her drive. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's just such a wonderful opportunity to share with your folks. So thank you so much. So my pleasure. What, where shall we start? Should we start with men? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, now, first of all, I just wanted to uh, introduce the concept that it's not sex in isolation, of course. I talk about the four levels of connection. Um, there's spirit being someone's soulmate, uh, mind, and I say mind is a mind field because it's just so complex um, from, you know, shared values and shared goals and good communication. Uh, the sense of love from the heart, which is the mm -hmm. third connection. And then we have the intimacy. And I love to say we should be having love from the heart and lust from the loins. That's yes. a nice little thing to roll your tongue around, lust from the loins. So when the man suddenly or never, um, let's say but he originally was, you know, quite interested in sex and uh, he may not have been, uh, you know, the best lover, but he's certainly um, uh, wanted to initiate it. And if she initiated it, he would be, you know, very willing. Um, so what, what happens? Why would a man um, gradually or suddenly lose his drive? So it's about um, um, lots of things, uh, uh, potentially. Uh, for instance, physical health. And, yeah. you know, a lot of men... A lot of men just are pushing themselves um, with uh, uh, excess, uh, excess alcohol, um, marijuana, and um, any kind of other prescription drugs, um, and uh, and also they get addicted to things like pornography and exercise. So um, because they have usually busy lives. Um, they um, just they just escape into any of those other alternatives rather than put any effort into getting themselves um, pleasured and juiced up uh, and being connected to to their woman. Uh, and 
some cases also it's about a midlife crisis when the guy is actually feeling quite disempowered by the world, by his um, lack of advancement in career or being locked in something he doesn't really like. Um, so he, he actually just comes quite depressed and frozen. Um, then, of course, it can go into all sorts of um, problems with uh, power conflict. Um, David Schnark, uh, who's one of the leading sex therapists in the world, in his books, he writes that the person who says no to sex is the person who has power in the relationships. So um, we get this build-up of resentment um, and frustration and just, a, you know, like when I say no to, um, to sex to my woman, um, you know, at least I'm asserting myself somewhere. So, you know, there's an awful lot of things affecting perhaps a man who's lost his drive. You know, it's one of the interesting things about that is that, um, and it is a stereotype, but it's one that I unfortunately found to be quite true in my practice, which is that women find it easier to, to talk as a rule than men do. Um, and so when he suddenly maybe, or, or as you say, gradually over time has no libido, that can be quite shocking for a man because their expectations mm -hmm. of themselves is that they should always be ready to go. And all of a sudden they're not ready to go. They're not interested, but they don't mm. talk about it. And because they don't mm. talk about it, it kind of, it, it snowballs. It gets bigger. Mm. And, mm -hmm. and if a woman tries to talk about it, it's often felt as an attack. Absolutely. Yes, and I mean, you know, some women are very tactless and uh, in a way I think quite naive and they will accuse the guy of actually being gay, not coming, not, not brave enough to come out, you know, to, to attack his very sexual identity as a man. Uh, and, you know, that's, that is just so tactless and, and just ridiculous, really, um, because, I mean, if he's not having sex with you, he doesn't want to have sex with a man either. Um, and so, yeah, how to talk about it is one of the biggest frustrations. And I do have some ebooks, and one of them is called Solving Sex Drive Conflicts, which really should be called How to Talk About How to Talk About Sex. Right. But would a man read a book there, Laurie Beth? Would a man read a book? A lot of men uh, just don't. I talk about the, the, the kinds of men uh, who get distracted. There's the workaholic, um, where money is the main driver. Then there's the, um, the, the sports um, obsessive, the, the triathlete who works a full-time job and exercises for four hours a day, you know, first two hours in the morning, two hours at night. And I also, in Australia, we call them the couch potato. This is the guy that um, um, basically um, just sits on the couch watching, you know, reruns of Game of Thrones or... He's on. He's the geek who's on his um, tablets or Tablet screens. Or yeah. So you know that's what they are choosing to do, rather than to talk um, and to make you know come up with some kind of solution as to how his woman can um, you know in a very tactful but loving way um, coach him to at least want to get naked and touch each other. And it, it's one of the things that I, I, I find so 
interesting is how often they can't even get to step one of that conversation because it's so charged by that point that actually trying to get to step one. And you asked, you, did, will a man read a book here? I mean, lots of men do. I've noticed that, that um, lots of men go to the internet for information. They're more likely to read on the internet, I think, than they are necessarily to read a book when it comes to stuff like this. And they go mm. and look for what kind of advice they can find in blogs and things like that. Sometimes listen to podcasts like mine um, or, my, or go look at my blogs and I end up getting comments back from people. Um, and um, so they're not necessarily completely avoidant. Mm. They will seek no. out information, but it's frightening. Well, the, the, the three types that I was talking about just before uh, don't have time, don't make time because they just go into their, whatever there is their, you know, like comfort zone where they are, um, you know, being a workaholic, a triathlete or a couch potato. So, so those guys are not motivated enough to, to seek the information. Oh, and, then, and then, of course, we really must um, talk about the, the pornography addiction and how, um, what a slippery slope it is where suddenly they find that, uh, you know, their partner is just too vanilla for them and they're not getting aroused or interested because it's just too easy to seek out the porn, get a quick fix, uh, and also have that rush of uh, what am I going to see this time? So, it does, you know, it's funny. I don't usually see that as an addiction. I see it more as a, a, an obsessive compulsion kind of thing. A lot of the guys that I see who use pornography in preference to a partner, I see a lot of people who use pornography appropriately. So, um, but I, but the guys that I see that use it in preference to a partner do it like um, when they're anxious, when they're wound up, when they like don't feel that they can connect, they go there. Mm. Yes, and so well, it, when I'm, when I'm talking about addiction, I'm talking about um, guys who actually own up, confess to um, relying on it, to seeking it out as uh, either, either a distraction or a reward. And, uh, and it's also an instant soother. Um, I actually well, call it WW, watch and wank. So getting a well, quick watch and wank. I mean, the thing fix. is, is that the thing is that, you know, 30 years ago, they would have been um, looking at a girly magazine. I mean, the reality is masturbation is an instant soother for anyone. Yes. Now, and the, the internet has those, you know, those wonderful opportunities to never be satiated because, you know, a magazine, you know, you'd pour over it, but after a while it would lose its zing. Whereas yeah. with the internet, there's just a, um, you know, an unlimited, it would seem, opportunity to consume. So anyway, it's really hard for a woman to compete with the guy who's um, finding, even if he's not addicted or obsessive about it, um, he may just find that it's, um, it's easier. It's easier yeah. than actually really connecting and, um, and being loving and, and mindful together. You know, that, 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 well, to me, that's the nirvana. That's what we should all be striving for. So what can a woman do to try and start this conversation and, and bring back some of that 
interest and motivation without kind of ending up feeling sounding nagging or hitting him and, and you know because like I'll, a lot of the time I don't mean physically hitting him but a lot of the time what happens yeah. is it becomes a, a constant push me pull you argument you know it's it's it's, it's, mm. it's so charged because she feels so rejected that it yeah. becomes constant thing and it's just like a nag and an argument and a nag and an argument which of course makes it worse mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well this she certainly has to um basically uh, ask him to talk to her so you know i really want to listen tell me about uh, what's going on for you um but also to prime the pump and i don't mean you know play with his penis yet <laughs> but to um to actually you know if you you need to to reinforce all of the good things that he is and does and 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 can be, so really just stroke his ego, um, really thank him for uh, for what he does for you. Um, learn his love languages so that you're coming through what what really turns him on. Um, so you know this is one of the hiccups for couples who don't know about the love languages uh, but for a guy you know he if he's an acts of service guy and 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 you basically don't nurture him and and don't offer him uh what he needs to to feel nurtured um of course he's just going to go into his cocoon and um, and not open up so you know you really got to pour on the positives and a lot of women become re- just just so you know resentful of that yes. um and then they use that as an excuse for not trying or for being that 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 shrill you know demanding you know w- woman that that's never going to open up uh, his willingness so you know as much as you might resent him for the fact that you know why should i praise him up he does nothing much to really work with my love languages um, if you if you do what you've always done, you get what you've always gotten, and that will be, you know, n- nothing. Nothing will change. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I like to underscore that because that's so important to try mm. and set that resentment aside. You know, find another outlet. Go talk to somebody about it that isn't him, so that, that you can. Is the one, that, that yes, go if go see a therapist or talk to your girlfriends. Um, um but uh, don't express to him you know like how distressed you are all the time and look as corny as it, it as it can be um john gray's um, mars and venus book yeah. books um the original one and mars and venus in the bedroom um why i like it in in terms of recommending it to a guy in in, in my therapy is it's written by a guy yeah. So it's not a woman telling him what to do yet again, uh, no matter how wonderful we female therapists and authors and sex coaches are. Um, still way down inside of every man, there was a little boy who one day said, I'm ne- when his mother was telling him off, he, he said to himself, I'm never going to let a woman speak to me like this again. And so they get triggered. Um, so yeah, the woman got to learn how to be tactful, how to be soft, how to be feminine. Um, if you let your, you know, your, your male energy come up, it's like he will just go into contraction and resistance. So tone of voice is also one of the most important things. Soften it up, you know, be that gentle woman. So what happens when it's the reverse? What happens when it's the woman who's just shut down? 
Mm. Yes, well, I talk about three different women. Um, there's the ones who uh, basically have never really been that much into their sexuality. They, uh, they um, have turned it on a lot in the beginning. And I, I, I'm not saying this is in a calculated, conscious way, but it's like they know that they have to be sexy with this guy because, you know, particularly if he looks like he's going to be Mr. Right, that gives them the, the children, the family, the lifestyle to which she wants to be accustomed. I call them the Turak Tractors girls in Melbourne. Turak is quite an, a rich, expensive suburb. And all the women there, you know, uh, look like um, Gwyneth Paltrow driving four-wheel drives and not having to work, playing tennis. Um, and, and truly, time and time again, I'll see these women and they say, well, I never really did feel that sexy, but I knew I had to do it. And uh, basically, now that we're married and, 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 you know, we have our children, I just think that he should just settle down and, and, and let me be. Um, right. So they're the women who basically won't. They won't initiate sex. Um, they, won't, uh, they won't respond. They, they don't have the passion. Uh, one of the things that breaks my heart, Laurie Beth, and I guess you've, you've had this, is a grown man crying, sitting on the couch in my room, saying, I want her to want me. Yeah. And so, you know, basically the guy's, he's been sewn up. He's been promised something that, that then she just pulled the carpet under his feet. Another metaphor is it's that, you know, he was led into this lolly shop one day and then he's been pushed out, the door slammed in his face and his nose is up against the window pane. And he doesn't know how to communicate to her um, either. And, um, and he, he doesn't sometimes really, really understand. It. And one guy said to me, where did my sex siren go? You know, before we were married, she was hot, she was horny, she was responsive. Surely that's who I committed to. Mm -hmm. And um, and when I get to talk to her, she confesses that it was all an act. That's, that's so sad. Anyway, so that's the ones that won't. Um, then there are, of course, um, physically uh, uh, women who can't. And uh, one of my um, total uh, soapboxes here in Australia is... Um, painful sex for women and how misunderstood, misdiagnosed uh, it is. Uh, last night I had the privilege of watching a, a webinar here in Melbourne online um, which had the most um, amazing, it's a panel of very, very wonderful medical women uh, and I've never seen so many very, um, very injured and ill vulvas in my life with the, the photos that they were sharing um, but these women were so competent, but they were actually declaring doctors need to, look, let's, let's have this one. Doctors need to examine a woman when she comes in and says she's got discomfort discharge um, because, you know, it's not always thrush. Now, come on, it's 2018. Uh, that that should have been that's probably the same here. Yeah, so I that mean, should have been happening for all these years, you know. If you don't look, you don't know. So anyway, for a girl who has got painful sex, um, of course we can have vaginismus where the girl's never really been, you know, able to relax her pelvic floor. But mostly we're talking about women who were sexy, were interested, and then developed the um, the, the painful sex. And of course, no one wants to sh sh show up for something that's going to hurt. 
So yeah. um, she gets very ex- anxious. Um, she gets almost sex phobic because, uh, you know, like as soon as he gives her a kiss and cuddle, then she thinks, oh, next thing he's going to expect sex or, you know, then he's going to shove his finger in or, or want, to, want to put penis into pussy. And, um, and so she just shuts down, shuts off, uh, goes into her bat cave, doesn't want to talk about it and feels very powerless because she may not be uh, really supported by medical help. Man, so but the women also, who won't. Yeah, but, but, but also many of those women want to have sex. They've become phobic yes. because it always hurts. So they're, exactly. they're, they're incredibly upset that something that was mm. so enjoyable has become this horror show. And then and aren't medically supported. I see um, I see some with um, um, vaginismus, but I see more um, women who are um, menopausal with painful sex. Um, oh yeah, that that happened to me personally. So um, I have total compassion and uh, am you know seriously pursuing all sorts of alternatives myself. You know, like non-invasive the, and. Um, and also because I do hypnotherapy uh, and I do have, uh, you know, some audios. I have 52 audios that sell on Amazon and Audible. Um, but the painful sex um, audios, uh, my heart and soul goes into creating them um, to help the woman at least relax and, and to access good feelings about uh, her sexuality. And also just always keep reminding women that, you know, it doesn't have to be intercourse, that you can have all sorts of outer course that can be still very pleasurable. So don't avoid the whole, you know, thing. The whole thing. And in, I don't know about there, but certainly here, if you go into most GPs and you're menopausal and you say that sex is painful, the, the, the immediate assumption is that, is that it has to do with dryness. Mm, yes. And exactly. often it's got nothing to do with dryness. It's tissue shrinkage and yes. uh, you know, movement to the uterus, displacement to the uterus and, and pressure and because everything's changing. Mm, mm, mm. And yes. so they don't examine, they give you lots of lubrication. Yeah, or, or HR, HRT. Yeah, or HRT. Um, yeah. Which doesn't, which doesn't necessarily sort it out. You can be on HRT and have all your other symptoms sorted and still find that you have painful sex. Yes. And when I had, uh, I used the patches or I tried to, and every time I went to the loo and sat down, the patch would fall off. <laughs> it's just not, not practical, you know, things. Anyway, so that's the girl that, so we got the girl that won't because she yeah. doesn't, really, doesn't really find sex that rewarding. And particularly, you know, if she's never had an orgasm, why would you show up for something, even if it's not painful, but if it's not really giving you pleasure? Yeah. Um, then the woman who can't, because there is perhaps some painful issue there. And then, then we come back to um, the women who um, won't because um, they are resentful. They are often the... Um, type E woman who is everything to everyone and they're doing it, doing it, doing it. And maybe they've got full-time job, you know, four kids, um, a home that they're running. Um, the old couch potato husband really isn't uh, going to turn her on if, if he doesn't do anything to help. So, um, you know, she's just really building up um, a lot of anger 
Um, and, um, and basically it's like she then will have the power by saying no to sex. So what can men do in this circumstance? How can they approach to try and change this? Well, it's really hard. I really have more compassion for the men than I do for the women in this. Um, because, um, because women are doing an awful lot, juggling many balls, whether they have children or not. Uh, it's so easy for them to make excuses. It's so easy for them to say, but look at all the things I'm doing. Look how busy I am. Um, however, you know, what the man can do is, um, is uh, find out her love language and really, you know, work with that. And um, once again, not stroking her ego, but, but romance her soul. So that's what he has to do. He has to, he has to um, uh, validate and, uh, her femininity and invite that softness to come out. And I guess that many women um, have, have never really been invited by a man to do that. So, yeah, go read the books. Uh, um, go see a therapist. And learn what words that you need to do, uh, what to avoid. Um, certainly don't attack or jump on her and don't buy her a whole lot of pornography and sexy outfits and say, this is going to turn you on dear. You know, that'll make her run for the hills as well. Um, I also think that um, every man should do a massage course, you know, just a, a weekend training in massage. Um, no woman that I've ever met has, unless she's one of those really resentful and angry and shut down ones would refuse the offer of a half an hour massage if yeah. her man said i really want to give you a massage i'm not expecting sex at the end of it i just want you to receive my love from my hands and Lori beth this is where i love the hawaiian massage technique called lomi lomi which means loving hands mm -hmm. so offering loving hands um, and I reckon that probably 80% of the time, the woman will love that so much that she will turn over and say, oh, you know what? Let's make love. So, you know, just be willing to really be tender with her. Go do a course so you know what you're doing. Um, and also, I'm not sure that you know about oming. Do you know oming? O-M? Um, it's it's an American lady. Um, I can't think of her name, Mr. Nicole, Nicole DeDoro, I think it is. Anyway, so she's now um, started a whole movement where, um, well, there's two levels, I think, that, 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 that I can see. One level is a couple who um, care about each other in the privacy of their own home. That's the one I'm really recommending because the other one is like a meetup where people who don't even know each other will pair up and, um, and what the ohm is, is that the, the woman just lays there with her legs open and the man doesn't, it's not even caressing, it's kind of very tenderly strokes her clitoris and, um, and it only goes for 15 minutes. She may or may not orgasm. Um, but if a man would offer that to a woman and that he does it with, you know, lots of lube and, um, you know, and sets the scene a bit too because... I don't know about you, but if he goes to any trouble to put on a candle or some aromatherapy or some beautiful music, I'm his. I'm going there, you know. So the man whose woman has shut down, 
needs to put some time and thought, um, read those books, listen to audios, and seek out ways to offer something she can't, can't resist. And, you know, there's another bit there as well, which is if, if, if he isn't doing stuff and she's looking after him like a mother would look after, mm-hmm. if she's viewing him in a child role, Yes. Get the sex. It's not going to happen. That's an excellent point. Yes. And so sometimes the thing that he can do is kind of recognize where she's no longer taking care of him as a wife would or a girlfriend would, but where it's turned and start doing the adulting thing there. Mm. Yes. And sometimes that means doing more things in the house. And sometimes that means just, you know, at the end of the day, sitting down and saying to her, how was your day and getting her to talk, but just recognizing that if he's behaving in a way that is more childlike, mm-hmm. she's not going to find that attractive. No, no. She wants him to step up and be a king to her queen. And, um, and also, we, you know, particularly at the end of the day when, when you know, our our, our cup is full um just being ah tell me about your day yeah it can be the most you know wonderful invitation of all but yeah all men have to really take uh, responsibility for whether or not they are truly being you know an equal partner who is um who's stepping in at times to be the leader so just give her time she's never going to soften if she thinks she has to do it all yeah yeah and, and i think i mean i see a lot of that Modern mm. life seems to do that, and I see a lot of that. And I, and 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 the, the guys are bewildered; they don't understand. They're like, you know, mm. what is it? Why is she? Why is she treating me this way now? And mm. it's like, well, okay, so let's look at what she did this week. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. and and also um, at the moment, I'm I'm working on an online course that I'm developing, um, which is for. Everybody in relationship, no matter what your gender is or or your your um your interests, but how to find that time. So the course is called um, "How You Can Make Time to Make Love," because um, there is a total myth about spontaneity. And if you wait for sex to be spontaneous um, and you don't put any effort into it, you know what might have worked because you were just young and hot and juicy when you're in your twenties. It's just not going to cut it now. So we have to be a team who, um, who first of all, has to talk about how to find that time wow. and then make it a priority um, yeah. and you know, really, really focus. So I'm looking for some um, volunteers for my first uh, pilot study. So anybody who wants to contact me, please, um, you know, there will be the links on the end of the podcast. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. That's grand. And I would encourage people to get in touch. It, it is very difficult sometimes for us to pull back from the busy life and prioritize mm. our yes. intimate lives with our partners. For some reason, it just doesn't. And it is, I do think what you're saying is so true is that so there's so many people hold the myth that if you have to schedule it and if you have to make time for it, it's not real, right? You know, if you really loved me, you'd be spontaneous. Well, which is rubbish. It's It's absolute rubbish. (laughs) Yeah, it frustrates me no end. So So we we have to coach our our people to to let go of that. And, uh, you know, I talk about going 
going back to the spirit, mind, heart and body, um, before we get to with our partner, we also are spirit, mind, heart and body. So if we're not expressing ourselves through our bodies, we're ripping ourselves off. And also we can become very unhealthy because without that balance, you know, we just become human doings instead of human beings. Then when we want to make that connection and then it becomes, you know, the, the conscious coupling um, and the, um, the mindful sex and the um, absolute focus on giving and, and receiving in balance, you know, why would anybody not want to do that? Well, and I mean, I think, you know, it, it, I did a, a series of things on mindful, on how to be mindful mm-hmm. and have sex by request from some young women um, that are part of an organization. Um, it's women of all ages, but it happened to be young women who asked me called Scarlet Ladies, which is an organization for women over here where um, they get together and talk about sex and learn about sex. So it's a free, safe space to communicate around issues about sex because there needs to be that. And um, a number of people said to me, can you start, you know, can you do a podcast on it? Can you write a blog on it on how to be mindful? Because people find it really difficult to be present. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sex. Mm-hmm. And don't even realize how different sex is when you're actually present. Mm, yes. When you're fully present, it's completely different. Right. And also to when you need to make time, um, don't wait till the end of the day when you truly don't have much gas left. And I, I come up with all sorts of little suggestions like um, make, um, make, make the intercourse the first course. So uh, actually like, you know, uh, once, once, once a week, each of you is going to be responsible for calling time on dinner and say, okay, it's half an hour before dinner. Here's a snack. Now let's go to the bedroom. So then, you know, you're not starving hungry because you've just had a snack. Um, maybe you've had the music, you know, which is a bit more evocative and, and you set the room up and, you know, and then you can have really beautiful sex. Of course, it's harder when you've got children. Um, but then you might, and I think this could be really, really a great uh, side effect. You might enjoy yourself so much that you end up going to sleep. So you miss out on your main dinner and then we'd all lose weight as well. Wouldn't that be a good reason to have more sex? That would be an amazing way to lose weight. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> yes, but that's what I mean about prioritizing time to make, make love when you're fresh and you've got some, some juice left. Yeah. No, I do. I do think that it's a mistake lots of people make. Mm. To not actually pay attention to their physical condition. Yes. The end of the day is is probably, well, unless you're young and have limitless energy, not Mm. definitely not the best time. So once um, once I hit the the menopause, that's for sure. It's like, you know, some a switch goes off and like nothing is gonna make me feel sexy at not at late at night. Yeah. And I, well, I just, I, I, I just think for me, menopause and age got to a point where um, there are the rare occasions where it'll be two o'clock in the morning and I've got loads of energy, but that's not usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, certainly not me. Yeah. Look, an- another thing um, I'll recommend for, for couples without children uh, or with somebody at home who's minding them is to, um, to walk and talk together. You know, take time, and I know sometimes when it's you know, but it's pretty cold, 
cold and horrible outside, um, that's hard. But, uh, yeah, walking and talking um, is one of the most grounding and connecting things that we can do. Even if we just find time once a week to do that, making that a priority. You know, my husband often says, do you know how much you talked when we just did that walk? And I go, oh, no. And I said, thanks for being a good listener. Gee, I feel good. So yeah, no. that, that's a great connecting thing. So if people want to find you and connect with you, how should they do that? So I have several websites, but uh, the primary one for uh, everything about intimacy um, is www.sexwithatherapy, sex hyphen therapy.com in Australia we put on the au at the end mm-hmm. and um, and from there they can there's a contact me uh, jan at drjanethall.com.au um, we I do have a shop with all of those 52 audible uh, amazon books and ebooks and audios of the hypnotherapy so you know I've got uh, lots and lots of resources to share and uh, I would also like to offer anybody who would go as a result of this podcast, and I'll set up a, a system for you um, to have access to my free ebook, which is called How to Spark Up Your Sex Life for Couples. Great. So I will have the links on the podcast page. Um, mm-hmm. So anybody who's interested can just click on the podcast page and come directly through to you. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been great. Thank you, Laurie Beth. It's a pleasure. And thanks for joining me for A to Z of Sex this week. Write to me with suggestions for the show and questions you want answered at Beth at a to z of sex.com. That's D-R-L-O-R-I-B-E-T-H at A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X dot com. Please follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and do check out my YouTube channel. For a free 30-minute discovery session with me, head over to https colon forward slash forward slash the dash intimacy dash coach.com. Go to my contact page and click on my calendar and schedule directly. If you enjoyed the show, please leave me a review on iTunes and Stitcher and join me next week when the letter will be S. And next week it's S is for sexological bodywork. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the A to Z of sex. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes and make sure you head over to www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. To subscribe to my free newsletter to help you keep your sex life sizzling. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes as we work our way through the sexual alphabet to discover the wide world of sex, sexuality, desire, and intimacy. Knowledge gives you the power to create relationships that bring you satisfaction and joy. Hope to see you next week.